0: Last week, in the book of Acts, we heard about Paul and Barnabas, who have to leave Antioch of Pisidia after an angry mob rises up against them. They obeyed God in going there. While they were there, they planted seeds that they never thought that they might see the fruition of, and then they obeyed God again in getting out as quickly as possible, as quickly as they came. You may remember that I talked about the subsequent history of Antioch, where it became a flourishing center of Christian civilization, and then, centuries later, the entire city was honored with the martyr's crown. Evangelization, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, is a duty for the church it's a duty for every Christian you know sometimes I'll have people who will come up to me and they'll say father you know what the church needs to do fill in the blank with x y or z and I look at them and smile and I say that is a wonderful idea why don't you go do that and they just kind of look at me and say well you know the church needs to do that you are the church go do it right Oh, but the church, you know, that's the pope and the bishop. No, 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 that's not how this works. The church is the assembly of all of the baptized faithful in Christ. And so ministry may be done differently by those in holy orders, but there is ministry which is part of what all of us as baptized Christians do. We cannot forget, however, what evangelization is and what it isn't. We proclaim the truth, in season and out of season, and bear witness to what God has done in our lives because of our obedience to the truth. A couple weeks ago, as you may remember, I went down to Greenwood for the visit of the relics of the visionary of Lourdes, St. Bernadette Soubirous. Father Tebalt, in his sermon, shared his favorite quote of St. Bernadette that I've been kind of mulling over ever since I heard it. I'd never heard of this quote of St. Bernadette. She said, it is my job to inform you, not to convince you. Wow. That is a very powerful spiritual truth that comes from a place of good detachment, right? It's my job to inform you, not to convince you. Sometimes we get into this trap of thinking that we have to convince everyone around us of the truth of the Catholic faith. And then other people are bound and determined to convince us of the opposite of what the church teaches. Now, sometimes that convincing takes the form of peer pressure. Then it can morph into manipulation tactics and can even degenerate into violence. Christians and non-Christians alike, it doesn't matter whether they're talking about religion Politics, law, even their favorite sports teams fall into this trap of thinking that they have to convince you to believe just like they do, and that they are somehow personal failures if they don't get you to conform to their will. Now, you may be sitting there this morning thinking, wait a minute, hold up, Father, that doesn't sound right. Because the Catholic faith is true. It is the one true church. Okay? They, as you point your finger at them, right? they have to know and change their lives if they're not going to go to hell. You can't just sit back and millions of people lose their eternal salvation because you're too cowardly to do anything about it. But think about how that logic escalates so quickly. You, my dear, are not the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The most that we can do is, like John the Baptist, point to him Behold the Lamb of God. He who is the way, the truth, and the life, you know, His grace can transform the entire cosmos in an instant. He can take your life and from one second to the next, before you even realize it, change everything. You and I are heralds of the good news. But we cannot change anyone except for ourselves. And we only do that not on our own steam, but by the power of a mighty God. He offers us as a gift to elevate our freedom to will the good. Last week we talked about how Paul and Barnabas left Antioch. You know, as I was reading that scripture passage last week from the book of Acts, I thought, you know, it's kind of sad they didn't get to really do what they were sent by God to do. It seems kind of a little depressing and unfair, doesn't it? I mean, they literally had to escape a mob for just doing what God asked them to do. But yet this week, we find out that they did actually go back It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Think about it. For a time, an entire city was closed to the saving word of faith, the good news of Jesus Christ of the entire city. And the disciples suffered for preaching the gospel. With the great simplicity and poverty of spirit, they left. But God brought them back after He had opened their hearts. And then everything was different. You know, sometimes... We sit there and we think that what we do for God is basically a failure. You know, I pray, I sacrifice, I go to Mass, I go to Adoration, I pray the Rosary, I do all these things, and nothing changes, right? My child who's left the church still hasn't come back. My spouse is still driving me crazy, There are those people out there, they, they keep doing all of these things which are horrible, so obviously I'm doing something wrong. Is that the case? Is that what the Bible teaches us? No, that isn't what the Scriptures teach us at all. Our humble acceptance of what seem to be those checkmates and staying open to how God wants to work, that perseverance God can use for miracles. Now, some of you have been around here long enough to remember that shortly after I came here, you know, I started moving furniture around, right? and St. Monica ended up at the door of the church. And some people are like, what on earth are you doing? Why are you putting Monica all the way back there? And I said, well, let me tell you as soon as your child walks back through the doors of that church, she's going to be there to greet them. She prayed for 40 years for her son Augustine to finally come around to the truth. Now, she could have handcuffed him to a baptismal font and drowned him in the waters of baptism if she wanted, I guess. And those 40 years were not easy for her. Even Augustine says, you know, occasionally a woman likes her glass of wine, right? Well, Monica, she was so stressed out by her family, she had more than a glass of wine on more than one occasion, right? Augustine calls her the wine-bibber. She still became a saint. Her son not only was baptized, but became a father and doctor of the church, your perseverance in something which may seem like you're just banging your head up against a wall, if you're not trying to convince them but trying to inform them, that is where miracles can happen. As you are very painfully aware, last week Catholic churches all over the country were singled out for violence because the church teaches that life from conception until natural death, is sacred. Some churches saw vandalism, protests, and blasphemy even in the house of God. In one church, a tabernacle, which is the same tabernacle that we have in the Adoration Chapel, I want you to think about that, the same one was stolen. And they weren't stealing it for the gold, they stole our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, out of the tabernacle left the vessels left the tabernacle they could have got a lot of money out of that that's not what they wanted if that doesn't send chills up your catholic spine I don't know what will but that was last week in the catholic church in America people want to convince us we want to convince them But the message of the scriptures is that today we abide in the love of God. We leave the converting to him. He's better at it than you and I are, and he knows what he's doing. It is our task to be faithful. The beloved disciple John has this incredible vision of the end of time. God's dwelling is with the human race. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and there shall be no more death or mourning, wailing or pain, for the old order has passed away. The one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I don't know about you, but I believe On the promises of Jesus and I look forward to that happy day in the meantime God has given us our marching orders and they're not convince everybody that you're right and they're wrong our marching orders are this as I have loved you so you should love one another